Evidence of God's purpose for humanity throughout history can be seen in the Bible's power to change lives. This is the Evidence of Truth podcast, and these are the voices of those called by God to new life in Christ. Welcome, everyone. This is episode two of the Evidence and Truth podcast. I am Alexander Ortiz. I'm your host with the most, and I've got Christian Lopez here. What up, what up? And in our Prevail studios, we have my beautiful and lovely wife, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hello. (laughs) It's her testimony that we're going to share today. So I've got to be on my best behavior. Yeah, it's a little intimidating to have uh, the wife here, but... uh, it should be interesting. She's got quite a testimony, so we're going to definitely share that with you guys. And, um, well, let's just get right into it. So thank you, Mary, for being here. Okay? I'm excited. So, are you? Yes, I am. I'm excited to be here. Oh. I like it. Nice. <laughs> I like that you're excited. Let's get into this. <laughs> now, tell us who you are, because our listening audience doesn't know who you are. They're getting to know us a little bit better, that's yeah. for sure. Christian and I, so tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, and how you came to know the Lord. Well, my name is uh, Mary, and I'm from Pennsylvania, and I came to know the Lord um, when I was 13 years old, originally in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was about to say, you're not from Pennsylvania. Milwaukee. (laughs) She's from out west, out Midwest. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where she grew up, and then you grew up after that until what age? I was there until I was 13. So once I met the Lord when I was 13, then we ended up relocating to Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, and that's where I met her, folks. Mm-hmm. At a disco in the middle of Kenmore Square. <laughs> yeah, baby. That was my days when I was I was lost. I'm sorry. That was when we were, I was backslidden at that point and in time. And I was lost in the clubs every Saturday. And by the way, that was her first time at a club ever. Mm-hmm. No way. Yes, she's never been to a disco so before. So the first time she stepped into a disco, she bumped into you? Yeah. No way. She yes. didn't bump into me. I was dancing with two girls, and then she, I don't know, killed them or threw them in the alley somewhere. <laughs> Next thing you know, I never see him again, and I'm here with her all night. No. <laughs> he likes to share that story, but It's um, kind of true. It's kind of, yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of true. Mm-hmm. But, Legend uh, says that they've never found them ever again. But she came to the Lord pretty early in mm-hmm. life. And you grew up in the Pentecostal church, right? And you yes, were what, 12 I did. years old? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, how was that, coming to the Lord in such an early age? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I came to the Lord when I was 13, but um, before that, my journey was very, very tough because um, I grew up um, kind of being the anchor of the family and trying to keep everything together all the time between uh, issues in the family with drinking, alcoholism, spiritualism. Um, and I knew in my heart that it was wrong, but, you know, I wanted to be there for the family. So um, I just went along and continued on this journey. Now, when you say spiritualism, I just want to clarify that. We're not talking about like devil worship. Right, right. Stuff like no, that. no, 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 no. Both no, of us, no. both of us were actually were born in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And in Puerto Rico, there's a practice of Santeria, which is kind of like. Um, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, they, there's a lot of superstitious stuff that really mm-hmm. is questionable that they do right. to, you know, garner God's favor. And our families did that kind of stuff growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Like putting pennies in that weird plant in water. I don't even know yeah. what that thing's called, but yep. what? Yeah, and little yeah. black hands on babies to keep like spirits away. Oh, that's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, man. and a little piece of bread over the door keep the bad spirits out. All that kind of stuff. What, so, so the spirits can eat them? I don't know. And they won't answer. <laughs> don't put I bread don't around around the door anywhere around me. I love bread. <laughs> but that's 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 just to clarify that. That's Correct. what we're talking about. Those yep. are the kind of stuff that I think a lot of Puerto Rican households, our generation. Right. Kind of grew up with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Continue. I just want to clarify that. No, that's that's true. And, um, you know, a lot of that caused uh, a lot of confusion in my home. Um, you know, I attended a Catholic church with my sister and we had to go to uh, classes and do our communion and everything. But I still felt very lost and confused because it was kind of both things going on, you know, Um But I continued in my journey at home, trying to, you know, be the anchor of the house and keep everything together. But in the meanwhile, you know, I was getting very angry and frustrated in life because I was so young, just having to deal with so much. 
Angry with whom? With angry life with, or? Angry with life, angry with God, um, angry sometimes even um, with my parents, with the things that were happening in the home. So every now and then I would rebel and kind of take off and do little things outside that I wasn't supposed to. But um, I knew somehow that, you know, God was watching over me somehow because um, so many things could have happened to me out there and, and nothing did. So. And you were just angry at God because of all the pressure from, you know, your life kind of weighing down at you because you said you had to pretty much be the one taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stress on your shoulders. Correct, correct. Just being the, when I say the anchor, I mean trying to keep the family together, you know, mom and dad and my siblings and just keeping the family um, the way that I was meant to be. Um, but in trying to do that, I just felt so much pressure on my life. Um, and it just made me very angry at times. Yeah, Mary was the oldest girl in the house. Yes. So she kind of kept it together. I, I kind of relate to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not the oldest one in my house, but when it came to taking care of my mom, when my old man, you know, took off and, and abandoned us, really, mm -hmm. um, I kind of became the one who had to become the adult. That, that's what it sounds like right. to you. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. I had to kind of be the adult. So at a very young age, um, sometimes I had to, you know, go and pull my dad out of bars and, you know, things like that and bring him home and make sure he got to bed okay. And that caused a lot of chaos in the house. Um, but all that made me very frustrated and angry because I felt like, why am I doing this? You know, and around what age were you? I was about 12 at that doing point. all this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's stressful for that's a, a lot that's, for a kid. Yeah, that's a lot for a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so some of that anger was with parents, siblings, your situation, or was it with God? Well, or how much of it was with God? I well, guess that's well, a good question. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Um, it would probably say I would started with, with uh, you know, the relationships that were happening in the house. Right, they weren't the way that they should have been. Meaning, you know. Uh, my mom and my dad, because of so much history that was going on there. Um, so I just basically tried to keep it together for them because I wanted the home to stay together and, to, you know, be together and mom and dad and siblings and everything else. But in the meanwhile, I was losing myself and who I was at 12 years old. So that's a lot for a young tough. person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, so you pretty much had to become an adult at 12. Mm hmm. An adult at 12, that's a lot. And you were saved at the time, right? No, no? I, I became saved when I was 13 years old. So I was going through all of this. Was it in Milwaukee the, or was it in Boston? It was in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, okay. in Milwaukee I was going through this. Um, and then we moved to Boston. Uh, and uh, there I was invited to a revival. And wasn't too sure what a revival was, but I just wanted to go just to kind of get out of the house and get together with some friends that were all Christians. And I said, I'm there. Come get me. And I talked to my mom and she said, go have fun. And that day, everything changed. My life changed. And who, who was at this revival? Um, there was a speaker that was there. Uh, um Gigi Avila, they called yeah, him at the time. Avila. Gigi Avila from yeah. Puerto Rico. He's a big Pentecostal, charismatic mm -hmm. preacher. Had yep, a lot yep. of. He's kind of the. I don't know if I. This is correct, but kind of the Puerto Rican Billy Graham. Yes. You know, I would. I would agree with that. Yes, I would, I would agree say with yes. that. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if he's as big, but I mean, in the Puerto Rican world, he was like our Billy Graham. I mean, I've heard it. My parents talked about Gigi Avila too. So I mean, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. You Puerto Ricans out there can relate. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, um, that day when we went to the revival, I remember uh, sitting in the front and my heart was like racing and racing and all these emotions and all these feelings. Um, I remember sitting there when I first, well, when I first walked in, I was, you know, angry and then I said, why am I here? This is all a church thing. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know what actually revival was. Um, 
And when I walked in and I sat down, I had a mix of emotions, angry, crying, and then just profoundly listening to this man speak. It just got to me. He shared the gospel. Yep. Wow. He shared the gospel. And did he do an altar call? I've never been to a Gigi Avila revival. Yes, he did. He did an altar call. And I remember the word he said was, if you're feeling lost and lonely, those were the words that really hit me. Um, and then I just started crying and thinking about my life. And here I am, you know, 13 years old, and I feel like I got the weight on the world on me, you know? Right, right. And uh, so I just wa uh, walked up when they did the altar call and got on my knees. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. That's pretty awesome. Yes, yeah, it is. It's like the Lord says in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's mm -hmm. probably the sense that you had when you were at that mm -hmm. revival. Yes. I mean, I walked out of there, and I felt like I was flying. There's no other way to describe it, but I just <laughs> felt like I was flying. Um, and uh, a couple of other friends of mine also, we all went to the altar together and everything, and then we started just sharing how we, we were feeling emotionally and how we just felt light. There's just no other way to describe it, just light. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And this was in Boston again? Yes. This was in Boston. Mm -hmm. So you finally moved out of Milwaukee, came to Boston, mm -hmm. went to this revival. Who invited you? It was a friend of mine that okay. invited me. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. So how did you get into, find a church, I guess, is be the next thing to do. Grab a Bible, make that part of your life, and get baptized. When did all, all that happen? Well, um, that journey began because my friend already was going to a church. And uh, so I went with my friend to the church. Um, and I started going and visiting and I just liked the way that I felt when I walked in, um, that I could leave all my problems at the door. And I continued on this journey and um, got really involved. I became um, leader of the youth group, um, leader of the um, music, um, just got really, really involved 100% in everything that had to do with the youth. Mm. So, so that's interesting to me because here is someone so very young. Right, right. Makes a profession of faith and then, you know, walks into this revival with all this weight on her. And she goes into the church and takes on more. <laughs> but it didn't feel like heavy at that no. point. No, this is this is how the Lord lifts your burdens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you're looking mm -hmm. at it from a different perspective now. Yeah. Um, because the Christ problems at home never went away, right? Right. Um, no, they didn't. But I looked at life differently. You know what I mean? I right, looked at things right. differently. I just felt like I was not alone. Like even though my family was there and, you know, everyone was there in my family and everything continued the way that it was. I just felt like I was not going through this journey by myself. I felt like in everything that I was doing with the family, it was more like, okay, I can't handle this. I would pray about it. I would go to the church and I'd pray about it during the service and any special prayer requests, I would pray about it. My family, my family, my family. And that's very my interesting. Father, that's very know. interesting because yes. before you weren't taking those burdens that you had and bringing them to God, you would rather, uh, we're trying to um, handle it on your own, you know, strength and sheer will, but now coming to Christ, you ha you went somewhere with it, right. and you brought it to him through mm -hmm. prayer, and prayers, I'm sure, uh, uh, is that like a big thing in your life now? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, even back then, we used to have like uh, youth ministries where we would have it was just weekend prayer. So all we did was read our Bible and pray. Pray about anything that was heavy on our hearts, um, just how we could grow spiritually. And we helped each other in, in the youth groups. So it was very, very good in my life back then because I, I really needed it to help me. You know, it was like having a bunch of, you know, partners here praying together 
for things that were heavy on our hearts. That's good. Now, okay, so now you have this fellowship with people in the church, right? Mm -hmm. um, other believers. When did the um, the scripture or the word of God become more prevalent in your life? Now that you've kind of experienced Christ's love for you, um, you read the verse where, come to me all who are uh, weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. After you experienced that rest that only Christ can give, now, th was there anyone who kind of pointed you more towards the scripture, towards the word of God that enlightened you more to know Christ? Um, well, you know, the thing was in the church that I was going to, and again, you know, I won't say anything about the Pentecostal church, but um, there are th certain things when when you're going through this journey and you're in so involved in the Pentecostal religion. Um, I started to feel that some of the things were not right, mm. you know, and and I was feeling discernment in my heart, like so. It, when something was preached, I would go home and pull my Bible again, and then I would say, wait a minute, that's not how I'm understanding this. Mm, like the Bereans you know? next. Yeah. yeah, so I had a lot of those situations. I still, even though from 13 to 16, it was all about the youth. I still didn't feel 100% trust and adults, to go to adults and say, hey, I'm confused about this or I'm confused about that. I pretty much tried to do things with, you know, either my youth friends or I would go home and just stick myself in the scriptures and read what was taught that Sunday ah. just to make things clear for myself to see if I was understanding things correctly. Because I didn't always walk out of there with a clear understanding of what the sermon was about. Yeah, and I guess you have to have to experienced Mm -hmm. charismatic Pentecostal church. And in those days, it was very different than even it, as it is now. I mean, my family on my, my other side of the family were charismatic Pentecostals. And if you weren't in a suit and tie, they wouldn't even let you in. I mean, some yeah. of them were really very legalistic. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was, I could see where some of that confusion mm -hmm. um, came from. But to your credit, Mary, I mean, you went home and looked in your Bible for the right, answers. Right, mm -hmm. That's important. Right. So obviously the Bible had an impact on your life because it oh, kept absolutely. you, it, it helped you to sort out mm -hmm. what was being taught in mm -hmm. church. Not that you cared that much, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, because you were so involved with the youth that you were finding your way, but the youth was really your focus. Right, the youth was my focus, it yeah. was. And, and it makes it had, sense, she was so young. Yeah, and um, I, you know, I wanted to be involved in every ministry. I wanted to be you know, out there in the track ministry. I remember getting with the youth and gathering a bunch of youth and saying, let's go, we're gonna go give out tracks, you know, we're gonna reach out to other youth because I wanted them to feel what I was feeling. Mm. How did your family accept that? You said that they were Catholic. They grew up Catholic. Yeah. Um, well, I was the only one that was Christian at home in the beginning. Um, my mother was okay with it because she started to see how my whole attitude was changing. She you know, knew what was, you were going she through. She knew. Yeah, she knew. And she knew what I was dealing with. And not that she wanted me to go through any of these burdens, but... You know, she had her own crosses that she had to bear, and she just, you know, didn't know how to deal with them. And because I was strong back then, you know, I always seemed to get it together with them, and I would say, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to work out. Um, but in the meanwhile, I was still, you know, you know, why am I going through this? Once I was reassuring them everything would be okay, I still had my own fears, concerns, and doubts. Right, right. But no one in the family kept you from going to church. No, 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 no. Your mom I, was okay with yes. it? How was your dad on, on your father and all My that? dad was wonderful with, you know, you want to go to church, that's fine. They were all happy because they started to see change in me and, you know, walking around with my Bible everywhere. So. Skirts. <laughs> no Skirts. makeup. Yes, no makeup. You know, Christian, no, you've got no yeah. pants in your yeah, background. Yeah, no pants. No, you know, just very, very um, legalistic, I want to say. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I know what you that's, mean. That's the way it was. But, 
I was very happy. I was, you know, very happy until, you know, until I was uh, 18 and, you know, got into a relationship in the church thinking that this person was, you know, a Christian person and, you know, pulled a wool over my eyes and I ended up getting married. And, and So you then, met someone in the church? Yes, I met someone in the church and... um. He wouldn't go as much as I did, but he was going, and I thought he was faithful and had his relationship with God, and it didn't work out that way. So, oh, here I was falling back again with, you know, getting angry because I married him, and he was very abusive. Um, you know, went through a period where um, really, really... Um, destroyed my spirit, crushed my spirit, um, uh, just with the physical abuse of, you know, broken arms, broken leg, um, busted mouth, ditches, stitches in my mouth, you know, just really, really bad. Wow. And um, so I got angry again, you know, I got angry, I got lost. I just felt like, why? Now it was like, I devoted my whole life from 13 till, right. you know, now I was 20 years old and now here being physically abused and all of this and talk to the pastors and, you know, and the co-pastor and they're saying to me, no, don't leave them. You can't get a divorce. You know, God frowns on divorce. And in the meanwhile, I'm being physically abused. So. Yeah, so there was a uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that happens. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that that happened, but yeah. it, it does happen. And um, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But this, uh, your your mom shares the same background too, right? She's yeah. she's she was a woman that was in an abusive relationship, not with your father, with with the uh, previous relationship. Yes. So you yes. already had seen some of that, and here mm -hmm. you are living it. Right. Yeah. And not only that, like being. 12 13 those teenage years struggling with the family you know and feeling like you had that burden on your shoulders and now you enter into marriage where you know you're you're 20 already past that whole burden thing and now here another burden coming on you mm -hmm. but how old are you when you got married i was 19 yeah yeah all right let's take a break right here this is going to be very compelling and we'll get back to it but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back we are privileged and excited that you joined us today. Please remember to visit our episode notes. They contain links to scripture, any information we reference during the show, and a link to join our mailing list to receive the latest show news and updates. If you want to send us your questions, provide feedback, or submit an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Just use the Join the Conversation link provided to contact us. Want to get to know us better? Then we encourage you to use the Core Truth Media link provided in our episode notes to visit our coretruthmedia.org homepage. You can connect with us via social networks from that page and explore the diverse range of podcasts and high-quality content our ministry offers to those seeking to deepen their understanding of the Bible and grow in their faith. Finally, we invite you to help us communicate God's truth throughout the globe. Anyone can listen to the show for free everywhere podcasts are available. Click the listen and follow link in our episode notes and share it with your friends and family. You'll be glad you did. We appreciate your support. Now let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. And when we left uh, Mary last before our break, we were going into a very interesting part of our story. Sad, but I mean, it is your story. And it's one where you went from... Very young, being very low and very angry at God. Am, am I right? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Finding the gospel, um, coming across um, a church that that took you in and, and their youth took you in, and um, you got into the Word, and someone in the church crosses your path, you fall in love, and he turns out to be not what you expected. Turn right. out to be abusive, mm -hmm. and here you back here you ba back again i guess yeah, where you yeah. started like angry except you're not 12 anymore you're 19 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so continue so um i started to get those feelings and those emotions again as to okay why is this happening to me i've devoted my life to serving you and you know trying to do the things that you know you want me to do and walk the righteous path and uh and then I find myself in this situation. So 
again, just got very angry because of all the emotional and physical abuse that was happening. And I was afraid to tell my family, especially my mother, because she went through it um, in her life. And I didn't want her to feel the pain of, wow, now my daughter's going through this. So many times when things were happening in the home, she never really knew about it. Um, and I just, at this point in time, I just stopped kind of little by little reading the word and I stopped going to church and because every time I would go to church and I'd come back, the abuse would be even more. And the things that were said to me, like, you know, not even God's going to save you from this. And they were saying that you know, to you in a church. No, no. Oh. my, my ex-husband. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Sorry about that. So I'd come home from church and, you know, and the abuse would continue and the jealousy. Gotcha. And you're going to church because you're trying to find another man and things like that. And so I continue on that and until I was uh, 22. But in the meanwhile, like I said, there was, you know, broken arms, broken legs, uh, stitches in the mouth, stitches in the hands. And, and, and when you and went to your pastor, you said before, I mean, they really didn't offer any support, did they? No, well, they offered support in just, you know, trying to guide me according to what they believed was the right thing and saying, you know, pray for him, you know, God can change him. There's nothing impossible for the Lord, but you really should not consider the divorce. Now, you... Did you meet him at this specific church? Yes. So there was no guidance. What about towards him? Like, I know that there's obviously guidance for you, but Good what question. about guidance for him? Yeah, anyone talk to him? Yeah. Well, at the time, there were people that would kind of talk to him, but he he was a pretty good liar. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's, that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like things, no, that's not what's really happening. You know, she's just over-emotional. You know, everything was, I was over-emotional about things. So you yeah. think they were confused by the lies that he was saying and then maybe believing what he was saying, you know, against your word, mm -hmm. um, even though you had the physical evidence on your body. Yeah, I was about to say, aren't well, they seeing the bruises and stuff? Yeah. Well, no, because when, when those things would happen, I wouldn't go to church. I'm uh, not feeling well. I wouldn't go to work. You know, you avoid people. I would avoid people. You know, I would not um, go out so people could see me yeah, because I didn't I didn't want anybody to know what was going on. So, I it, mean, it isolates you even more. Yeah. Right, when you right. have to hide that part of your life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you retreat into that loneliness. Yeah. Where you were before. Now, yeah. in this lonely time. Right. You said you were kind of angry with god now still yeah. like you're back to square one where you're you right. were when you were younger yeah and um you now have this relationship with god but you're back to being angry um the church and the pastoral ministry would were telling you to pray for him were you doing that or was that did you find that difficult or did you find it even difficult to be in your word in that particular time in your life in that particular time in my life yes i found it very difficult to pick up the word and read because i felt abandoned again wow wow i felt abandoned and i felt like like i said from the age of 13 until i you know got married and everything it was everything for me was church god the word ministry there was nothing else but that that was my life and then when this started happening to me i just felt abandoned i felt lost you know and i felt like what for why yeah, have you, i done this you devoted yourself so much mm -hmm. you poured yourself into the youth you poured yourself into this church you were seeking God in his word, and then this happens. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what am I doing all this for if he's yep. going to turn his back on me? So you were angry with God. Yeah, hopeless. Um, I even got to a point where um, I remember one day um, the physical abuse was so bad. I mean, my 
face was all swollen and my lips were like out to here and I um I put my daughter to sleep um and he had left and I walked into the, my daughter's bedroom and opened up the window and sat on the ledge for maybe 45 minutes and then I just all I could say in that window ledge is like, why? Were you thinking about jumping? Is that what it was? Yeah. And Melissa, your daughter, our daughter. So, yep. She was so, in the other room sleeping. She's months old at this point, right? Well, actually, no. She was in the room. So the crib was in front of the window. So I pushed the crib forward, ah. went around, and sat on the ledge. And I was there for like about, you know, 20, 25 minutes just sitting there. And I felt like my whole head just, I just wanted it to end. I just wanted the pain to be gone. I just wanted it all to end. And I, I was considering jumping. Wow. And then in a matter of like seconds, I hear a baby crying, but I hear a baby crying from far away from a distance, almost like, like I wasn't there, like I was in another place, but I can hear a baby crying. And then the sound of, of her crying started to get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And then when it got very close, I was like, oh my God, it's Melissa. Mm. And then I jumped out of the window and when I turned around, she was standing up, staring at me, looking at me, crying. Mm. And uh, I just grabbed her and threw myself on the floor sobbing. What did you tell God at that moment? Or did you still feel alone? Or <laughs> Well... I'm sorry. That's okay. Take yeah, your time. Good. That's a dark place to be. Yeah. I mean, where even the voice of her daughter in the room is echoing in the distance because she's so detached yeah. from what's happening and wants to get away so far right, from right. what's going on in her life. That... Do you want to take a quick break? No, I'll be okay. okay. Yeah, I'm okay. So, so how did you... So go ahead. Go ahead. So when I turned around and she was crying and I picked her up and I took her out of the crib, I just threw myself on the floor and I grabbed my Bible that I had beside her because I always used to have my Bible open on Psalm 91. So I had several Bibles in the house and I picked her up, went on the floor and I just opened up the Bible. So when I opened up the Bible, it was Jeremiah 29, 11. Hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11. Can you read that? Sure. Let me get it up here. I got it if you need it. Go ahead. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares Yahweh, plans for peace and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Wow. Is so, that your favorite scripture? That's that... my favorite scripture because that situation that day, that scripture just changed my whole life. Because wow. I knew he was somehow, he was through his word telling me that, you know, he had better plans for me and, you know, a better future and everything, and it was just me trusting him. Wow, what a perfect, perfect timing. You know, God's timing is always perfect. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time. Like, it's it's at that moment where you needed him the most. You were at your lowest, and you're, 
you you turned back to God in that moment. Yeah. It's not like you just continued going, you know, and like, okay, it's my baby, let me get out of here. Like the first thing you you sought after was God's word. Yep. And in opening that, God gave you hope through Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah. Wow. And that's my favorite verse today. As a matter of fact, I told my husband once because we ended up, you know, getting the RV, and I said I want to put Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on the back. That's this husband, by by the way. <laughs> yes, my Not husband. That dad. My husband Alex. <laughs> it is her favorite verse. It definitely is. Yeah. Well, so. you know, it's it's amazing to me. That's a dark moment, Mary, and and I'm mm-hmm. I'm thankful that you're sharing that with you. And I'm sorry for your pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm sure there are people out there listening to this who can probably relate to that. But it's an it's an inspiring for me that the power of the of the Bible is even in this, in a small verse like that can come out and grab you, and the truth can liberate you, or at the very least point you in another direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. A, it's almost like we teach all the time, Christian. You got to kind of come to the end of yourself, and then that's when God is ready to say, "Okay, I'm here to pick you up and lead you in the right direction." Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can blame God for everything that happened. I mean, I'm, those circumstances have got to be complex and decisions were made. And, and you know, you don't know the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. Only God knows. And no one deserves to be in that situation. But I'm glad that that verse turned you around. Yeah. Well, now I feel, you know, I look back at my life now. And, you know, before I used to say, you know, why, Lord, have all these things happened? But I've come to realize, um, because even in the profession and the career that I've been in, I've been able to help other women and encourage other women to that have been in similar situations to, you know, how to help them to get out of these situations, you know, and not to um, feel like it's the end, but to empower them to be able to say, I'm going to get out of this and have them become stronger because if I did it, you can do it too. Yeah, just to give you a little background, your profession is Um, human resources. Human resources and been in human resources for about 30 years. and That's a business of people, really. Yeah, right. And in that journey, I've been able to help many, many women that have gone through some of this. So I didn't know back then, but then, you know, God was preparing me for something to be able to help other people and that's what i feel that you know my calling has been in all these years being able to touch the lives of other women and even other men too because i've encountered men that have been battered so yeah believe it or not that exists Mm -hmm. so how did you get out of that situation obviously you didn't stay into it because i met you early on too well you were 22 when i met you just coming out of that relationship yeah i was young as myself too i was 19. Well, I and am, she was fresh out of this whole relationship. She yeah. was, she was, she was in rough shape. Yeah. So I just, um, well, I ended up going to um, a friend of ours that were pastor, a husband and wife at the time, and I stood with them like three months. And they helped you out. They were from a different church. They were from a different church, and uh, because. Uh, you know, he was threatening me and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it um, became really dangerous. Yeah, it became very dangerous for me until I really got out of the relationship totally. And um, then I went to live with my mother and uh, and my sister, and they helped me through the journey with my daughter. And oh, well, they were finding out what was really going on. Yeah, they were at that hiding point in time. That, yeah. yeah, at that point in time, they started to kind of know you know, what was kind of happening and realizing that this guy was really abusing me bad. So, um, and you moved to another church, uh, because of the situation and how'd you find this new church and these new pastors that were kind of, because the individuals that helped me were part of the church that I was originally going, Uh, but they were relocating because they were becoming pastors in another church. Gotcha. So I ended up going with them in, in an established church that they were uh, starting. And I lived with them for a little while until I got, you know, my bearings straight on. Because I felt lost. I'm like, well, what am I doing? I felt lost, fearful, you know, afraid for my daughter. So I thought maybe if I just go with them, 
then I can think straight on what I want to do and everything like that. So. Now, was this in the same state, different state? It was in the same state, just okay. another area. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So thank God uh, for these, the, your friends. Yeah. yeah. That helped you out. Really. Mm-hmm. And got you out, out of that situation. It doesn't sound like the church you were in was too helpful. They were telling you to stay in the relationship. Yeah. But if you did, this guy would probably wind up killing you. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, um, I did get the knife to the throat. Um, I was raped. Yeah. Uh, so. And, and the, excuse me, the point to make here is that people who are involved in this relationship, you, you, these type of relationships, Mary can tell you better than mm-hmm. I can, but they do lead to more and more violence, sometimes mm-hmm. death. Yeah. You know? You've been yeah. doing a lot of work with domestic abuse yes. organizations mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that background. So mm-hmm. that's one of the questions I actually had for you. So how does that, how does your story, your your testimony inspire you to strengthen your faith, number one, deepen your relationship with the Lord and the, and the God of the Bible and, and help others? Well, you know, like I said before, you know, in my journey of what I've been doing in my career, I've helped, you know, many other Women's get out of situations by sending them to organizations that um, that help individuals that are in domestic violence. Um, and when given an opportunity, without going into it too far, because I am in HR, right. I've kind of shared a little bit of my story, saying, you know, you don't have to stay in these relationships that are so violent because. That's the thing that many women think like, oh, my gosh, there's just no way out. And there is. Mm. There really is. Um, For me, you know, having a relationship with Christ and putting my trust in him, even though it was a journey that was tough, kind of there and back a couple of times. But ultimately, you know, the last time that this whole situation happened, um, and reading that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that's what that woke you up. That woke me up to okay, I am not alone. So, and, yeah. Wow. What so. is your perspective? I'm curious because you spent a lot of time angry with God, which is something I frankly I can't relate to. I've never been angry with God, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. That's just my walk. I I've never experienced something in my life that's made me angry with God, but I'm sure there's people out there that have. Once you've gotten past that, what is your perspective on that now? What do you what do you think causes someone to stumble that way and get angry at God? Because obviously he reached out to you and the scripture spoke to you and he brought you back and he's blessed you since, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your perspective on that now when you think back on that? Well, it's, it's just that when you... You, you see things that are continuing to happen bad in your life. You just tend to feel like you're alone, that there's no God out there because God is a good God and a merciful God. So why would he allow this to happen to an individual in life? But until you really trust God and believe that, you know, that sometimes that bad things that happen in our lives happen for a reason. And you just have to trust that because it's a journey that you need to go through, you know, and, and, you know, so we can't always say that bad things that happen to people are always for bad reasons. I don't believe that. So that's my perspective on life now. You know, if something happens, I say, okay, what is God trying to show me, tell me, you know, like, there's something that's going to happen. Something good will come of this for some reason or another. So I always try to keep my view that way instead of thinking, oh, here we go again. So that's what has changed in my life and my perspective. And you've seen God's goodness throughout all of this. So now the perspective when calamity or, you know, trials do come into your life now, you have, you're no longer angry with God, but more so looking uh, to him for, okay, I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your what is your outcome to all of this? Because I know you're not inflicting this to me. It's mm-hmm. not God inflicting that pain. I mean, it's just God allowing it mm-hmm. to happen. Um, but 
you have a different perspective now, right? Correct. And yes. I and I just wanted to read uh, um, Philippians one. Go for it, bro. Um, because you know, I believe that a lot of people think that when you become a Christian or you start following Christ, that things just magically become easier and become great and danding. Like, yes, there's blessing that God, you know, has upon his children, gives blessing, but there's sometimes like Job, there's no reason for it, but he he just allows things to happen. And so this is Philippians 1.27, only live your lives in a matter, manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, tending together for the faith of the gospel in no way alarmed by your opponents which is a sign of destruction for them but of salvation for you and that too from God here it is 29 for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake Amen. so you know as 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 believers like God has granted us to not just believe in Christ but most people miss this to suffer for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, suffering, James talks about this, you know, count it all joy when you right. when you right. come th through trials. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's what I say um, towards the end here. I also say to myself, uh, Philippians 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens Amen. me. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to key in on, you're right, Christian, that's an awesome scripture to share. And what I want to key in on is one thing that you said, Mary, that you've learned that all things work together for good, just like Romans 8, 28 mm -hmm. said. You, that's one of the lessons that you've learned in yes. all this. Mm -hmm. when, when circumstances, and God, those circumstances, I can't imagine going through them. But when they do, and there's people going out through that, going through that stuff right now, I mean, it's hard, isn't it, to yes. look at it, to say that there's going to what good can come out of this? Right, mm -hmm. right. But the scripture is always true. And it says in Romans 8, 28, and you know, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, that all that are called according to his purpose. Amen. That's a very often quoted scripture. We've quoted it here a number of times, but I could see where that's hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. Because all things doesn't mean just the good stuff. It means bad. the bad, the bad stuff, stuff too. too. Yeah. yeah, the bad stuff too. It's the yeah. bad stuff as well too. Okay, it's a tremendous story. Is there anything else that you want to add to that, hun? Before, uh, before you, I said, hun, mm -hmm. my honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, want to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity to be able to share this story, and I hope that um, you know the listeners out there know and empower themselves to say, hey, you know, I can relate to this story, and there's a way out by trusting God. And getting help. And getting yeah. help. And, and getting help. Because sometimes right. you can't see past that by yourself. Oh, either. absolutely. Right. You had people that came alongside you and helped yes. you out. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that uh, there's domestic abuse organizations all over the United yes, States. Is. And definitely, mm -hmm. I'm sure, in other parts of the world, get in contact with some of those organizations. Mm -hmm. And um, you've even worked with some of them where there are safe houses, right? Where right. they shelter the women, get them away yes. from the abuse. Mm -hmm. And no mm -hmm. one knows where they're at. Yep, yeah. I've done it. So, you know, if you need help, then just reach out. Yeah, reach out for your Bible, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that hinder faith, and I've just got a couple of notes I want to share here, is doubt about God. That's some of the reasons that I think we hinder in our faith, and sometimes we get angry with God, is because we doubt Him. But His truthfulness is in His Word, and it never fails us. And sometimes we doubt his word, sometimes we doubt his truthfulness, and sometimes we doubt his sovereign power, that everything, all circumstances, good or bad, are going to work together for good. That's when you need to really hang on to the Lord as much as, as, as you can. Mm -hmm. And prayer is a big part of that. I know Mary would agree with that. Amen. And count on his wisdom. Count on his wisdom. So thank you, Mary. That's an awesome yeah, thank story. You. Mm -hmm. I think I love you even more now. <laughs> <laughs> and to end that story, right? You met me, right? Yes. Yeah, and I gave her all kinds of uh, problems. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been together 42 years now. Yeah. 42? 42 years, yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So. And we were all, we both were works in progress. I came from yeah. a broken home. I've got my own story, but. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we also struggled with keeping the Christ at the center of our relationship as right. well, too. That's yeah. a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so important. But we've endured together, hon. Amen. I'm yeah. holding her hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love my baby. Great story, hon. Thank you for thank coming you. on our podcast and sharing yes, that. Thank, thank you. you for having and, me. And thank you, Christian, for, for helping us here, too. And I hope that um, this helps someone out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I know this is not a story that's out there by itself, and this is not a circumstance that people aren't going through. So if you've got anything that you're going through that is even similar to that and you want to reach out to somebody, you know, go to our show notes, reach out to us. Mary knows plenty of resources, um, surprisingly, probably even across the country that right. they can connect you with. If you're yeah. suffering some kind of domestic abuse, reach out to us. Don't go through it alone. Just click on our link to, to get us to our Web page. Reach out to us by Facebook, Twitter. Or join the conversation link that we have on our show notes. It's all in the show notes. And yeah. just reach out to somebody. Go to a, your pastor. Talk to him. If you're in this kind of situation, get yourself out. Get yourself out and cling on to the Lord and cling on to the Word mm-hmm. of God. And that's the beautiful thing about God is that he's given us each other, the body of Christ, to reach out to each other. We're not meant to do this alone, this walk with Christ. Amen. We're not meant to do it alone. So Amen. reach out for sure. Take that advice. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Christian. Take us home, bro. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mom, Bill, Mary, Mary. Thank you, sweet. (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) God bless you guys. Hey, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that we have been an encouragement to you. This episode has been made possible by listeners like you. Please consider partnering with us through your prayers and gifts. Your support enables us to provide sound biblical teaching that helps others open up their understanding of the scriptures across the globe. To support this show financially, click the Donate Now link in the episode notes, or you can visit our podcast website at relentlesslybiblical.org and use a donate link in the podcast player or the Support This Show button that's on our homepage. Thank you for your gracious support. Join us again for our next episode, and remember... Don't conform to the ways of this world. Stay in God's word, be transformed by his truth, and let love manifest his son in you. This episode has been a production of Core Truth Media, owned and operated by Core Truth Ministries. This podcast was recorded and engineered at Prevail Studios.